This is the Strength Through Food Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Julia Feliciano, a health coach, personal trainer, and entrepreneur who has helped over 100 women reach their fitness goals by debunking diet culture and fitness industry BS through a science-based approach. This is a space for you to become the highest version of yourself by ridding your old diet struggles, healing your relationship with food, getting rid of those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back for far too long, and working towards having the fitness and health journey that you've always dreamed of in a mind and body that you crave. I started my business with the foundation of my former eating disorder, former gym and body obsession in mind. I used to cry after having one cookie. I would fear going to restaurants over fear of not being able to eat anything. I used to do endless amounts of cardio, attempting to burn off the food that I would restrict myself from, which resulted in binge eating and purging until I realized that I was sick of my old story. Strength Through Food Freedom is about having a life free from food fear. It's about finding the beauty in physical strength and deviating from female societal norms. Now, I'm here to help you by teaching you how to do the inner and outer work to help get you where you deserve and want to be. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Strength Through Food Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'm super excited to talk about these subjects today because these are my most frequently asked questions that I receive as a health coach and as a personal trainer. So a lot of these topics is what I work through with my clients and I help them overcome these struggles so that they can reach their health goals and reach their fitness goals. But more importantly, at the end of reaching their goals, they become higher versions of themselves and they become new humans with new attitudes and a new mindset because of the transformation that I help all of my clients endure. So I'm super excited about these topics today. And before I get into it, um, because these subjects are so broad, they're really easy to go off and ramble about. I'm going to do my best to try to condense everything. And if you have a question in regards to one of the questions that I state, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, Julia with two underscores Feliciano or leave a comment within this podcast episode, and I would gladly um, answer these questions for you in more detail if you would like that. So let's get into it. And the first question I'm going to get into in regards to the physical components of losing weight and losing body fat and reaching your fitness goals is how often should I work out and what should I do? So for the majority of answers within all of these things I'm going to be talking about today, um, you're going to hear a lot, well, it depends. And fitness is very individualized, and that should be accounted for in understanding how many days per week you should be training and how or what type of training that you should be doing. So for most of my clients... um, These clients are training anywhere between 
two to five days per week at most. So what you should be focusing on if your time needs to be condensed within those days like that is you should be focusing on full body lifts, full body workouts each time that you train. That way you're hitting those muscle groups multiple times per per week. And optimally, if your goal is either muscle gain or fat loss, right, if your goal is to gain muscle within a certain area, right, so especially for women, a lot of the females that I work with want to grow their glutes, right, you have to be hitting those muscle groups a minimum of two times per week to see any type of physical results as long as your nutrition is in line as well. So if you are only able to go to the gym two days per week and one day you go and you just do your arms, right? So your shoulders, your biceps, your triceps, your chest, um, and then the other day you go and you do your legs, right? You're only going to be hitting those muscle groups one day per week because of your overall life. You're only able to train two days per week or three days per week because, say, your work schedule or your schedule with your kids or just whatever else you have going on within your life at that time. So that's why incorporating incorporating full body workouts with less overall days per week is what I focus on with all of my clients. Um, and what you should be doing is you should be prioritizing strength training with progressive overload. So what that means is each time that you go to the gym, either increasing the weight that you're lifting, increasing the sets that you're doing, um, doing the exercise with better form, right? So you should not be bouncing back and forth from workout to workout. You should be documenting each time that you train. You should be doing this, not me. How much weight you're lifting, how many sets you're doing, how everything felt so that you can continue to progress each week. And that is what's going to be your most optimal way in gaining muscle, but also losing body fat. Okay. This is the approach I have with all of my clients. This is the highest success rate that I not have only had with myself, but also with the over hundreds of people that I've worked with at this point in my career, right? It's highly dependable on you and your schedule, but there's going to be a more optimal way of going about doing everything. Number two, and this I'm shocked that this question still exists. <laughs> How do I lose my stomach, right? So as women, um, and not just as women, I have seen this with men as well. Um, men and women are very self-conscious of their belly um, and they want to lose body fat within their belly. And what they think that they have to do in order to reach that is they have to do endless amounts of crunches to reach that goal of losing body fat. When in reality, all you're really doing is putting a lot of extra stress on your back, people. So you do not need to do endless amounts of exercises on the areas of your body that you are super self-conscious of. What's going to allow you to lose body fat within a given area is by incorporating strength training with progressive overload, dialing in your nutrition, and making sure that you're in a calorie deficit. And I'm going to get into what a calorie deficit is later, but those are the things that you want to incorporate if you are looking to lose body fat within a certain area. How much cardio should I do is number three. So a lot of the times with 
many of the women that initially come to work with me is they're doing endless amounts of cardio. And I've been there. There was a time in my life where I was doing up to two hours per day. And the only thing that that did for me was make me really sick and tired of treadmills, ellipticals, stair max, stairmasters, etc. Okay, so if your goal is to lose body fat, right, your tools should not only consist of just doing cardio. The most optimal way for you to lose body fat is once again through strength training with progressive overload. It doesn't sound very sexy, right? I'm not telling you to go jump up and down like a bunny on a box and do all these crazy types of plyometric exercises to lose body fat, right? You're going to find that a lot of the things that I say to you don't sound very sexy because science isn't sexy, okay? (laughs) But it's optimal and that's the most optimal way of go about doing things. So in terms of cardio, the more that cardio that you do, the more efficient you're going to become at it and the less body fat you're actually going to be utilizing. Now, if you truly enjoy cardio, you enjoy hiking, you enjoy running here and there or sprinting here and there, that's great. That's awesome that you enjoy doing it. Just know that in the back of your head, it doesn't mean that what you're doing is the most optimal. But of course, truly do it if you enjoy doing it. Um, But typically... What I encourage clients to do from a more advanced standpoint is, okay, do you wish to reduce your overall calories that you're consuming either through reducing your overall calorie intake through your food choices or do you want to do it through um, cardio by burning more calories through physical movement? And a lot of the times because cardio can be pretty redundant, um, Clients typically choose to reduce it through food a little bit if, you know, if they want because it's going to be a little bit easier and actually a little bit less stressful on your physical body. Um, So just keep that in mind. Cardio is a tool within your toolbox and the more that you do, the more efficient you're going to become at it and the less likely you are to actually gain the results from it. It is very important for your heart health. I encourage clients to do it from a, a standpoint of, you know, making sure that their heart health is in good shape and that they're healthy in that way. Because as, as we know, heart health is very, very important. But just keep in the back of your mind, you do not need to do endless amounts of cardio in order to lose body fat. And I'll scream that from the rooftops for the rest of my life. It should be utilized as a tool. Number four. What do I need to eat to lose weight? So back in the day when I was brand new to all of this, I thought that there was magic foods. So I thought that the more salads I ate, right, and the more broccoli and brown rice and all these quote unquote clean foods that I ate, right, I would magically lose weight because what I was eating was quote unquote healthy, right? But there's no such thing as magic foods. So just keep that in mind. No food is inherently going to make you gain weight, just like no food is inherently going to make you lose weight. What matters is balancing everything according to what your likes are, okay? So a lot of the times what I see is clients will will be talking about nutrition and they'll name off all of these really healthy foods that they're eating, which is wonderful, which is great. But we as humans actually overpredict how much, actually, I'm sorry, we underpredict how much we actually truly eat. So 
they'll start naming off. I had a chicken wrap. I had an English muffin with eggs. I had a coffee. I then I had a salad and then I made a soup, whatever. That's great. And I'll say to you that it sounds like you made really healthy choices. That's awesome. Um, but a lot of the times what I find is that they still have no idea how much they're truly eating. So if your goal is to lose body fat, once you have the basic principles of just regular nutrition under your belt, right? You know what a carbohydrate is. You know what a protein source is. You know what a fat source is. You know how to read a nutritional label and you're familiar with all of the different components that go into a nutritional label. Once you have that knowledge, you know, what I encourage clients to do is track their food for one to two weeks so that they can understand how much they're actually eating. You can't sit there and say that, oh, I'm in a calorie deficit if you have no idea how much food you're eating. You can do very easy tricks. I wouldn't really call them tricks, but you can utilize very easy things like reducing maybe the amount of coffee creamer in your coffee or, you know, reducing snacking or reducing wine at night or whatever. Yes, you can do those little things, right? But understand the most optimal way to go about doing it is truly putting your skin in the game and tracking your food for one to two weeks just so that you can truly, truly learn. So what I see is, like I said, clients will name an abundance of healthy foods. That's awesome that you're choosing healthy foods. But you can still be in a calorie surplus, right? Eating more calories per day than you need by eating healthy foods. So just keep that in mind. Another question I get is, why am I not seeing progress? I've been going to the gym three days per week. So typically what people are doing wrong in this scenario is they are not in a calorie deficit, okay? So... This energy deficit happens when you eat less and you move more. So simply stated, a calorie deficit is when you consume less calories than is required to maintain your body weight. This will, by definition, produce weight loss and hopefully body fat loss. It means that you're using more energy than you're taking in via food calories. So if you are not in a calorie deficit, you are not going to lose weight. And like I said earlier, it's not sexy. It's not slashing a shit ton of calories. It's not reducing food groups altogether, right? A calorie deficit you can achieve through doing those things, right? But it doesn't matter where you're choosing to reduce your calories from. So things like keto and things like eliminating carbs, yes, they work, right? Because they're creating a calorie deficit. So if you're not seeing progress and your goal is fat loss, I would encourage you to understand if you're in a calorie deficit or not and truly evaluate the program that you're doing and how consistent you are with following your program and going to the gym. So number six, the scale hasn't gone down and I keep fluctuating. It's making me frustrated. Really common question that I get all the time, and I have a podcast episode, The Truth Behind Your Number on the Scale. I reference that podcast episode a lot because there's it's filled with just knowledge bombs on what actually goes into the number on your scale. But to sum it up very quickly, fluctuating is very, very normal. What I would encourage you to do is if you are only weighing yourself one day per week, and you're only getting one number per week, 
you have no idea if you actually possibly lost weight the day before because so much goes into fluctuation of the scale. So are you stressed out? How much sleep have you gotten or have you not gotten? Um, let's see how sore you are or if you're sore. What is the other one? Oh my gosh, I'm going blank. I'm going blank. I spit this stuff out so many times that it's easy for me to go blank nowadays. Okay, so if I'm sore, if I've slept or I haven't slept, how stressed am I? How much sodium have I ate or have I not ate? Um, am I bloated? Where am I within my menstrual cycle, right? All of those different things go into scale weight. So that's why I encourage you to weigh yourself more than once per week so that at the end of the week, you can see an average of what your actual body weight is. And if your body weight has stayed the same for two weeks and you're not noticing a trend down, right? Understanding those feedback that those biofeedback factors are going to allow you to then have to evaluate everything else in regards to your life. Okay, so maybe I need to reduce my stress. Maybe I need to uh, get more sleep at night. So understanding all of those fluctuations will in tune allow you to have a better relationship with your body because you're going to have to understand a little bit more of what's going on outside of just those surface level things. So I truly encourage clients to make sure that they are weighing themselves more than once per week. Um, before you go and you add in two hours of cardio, please don't do that, or an hour of cardio, or before you go and just slash calories altogether and make yourself miserable, you need to understand all of those different factors that go into your scale weight and understand that you're probably not in a calorie deficit if you're maintaining your body weight. So... Next thing, we're going to get into the mental and emotional factors that go into losing body fat and reaching your fitness goals. And then the next question is, should I just give up? I want to give up because I'm not seeing progress. So that's where you have to be realistic with yourself. Are you only working out one day per week? Are you not doing your assigned days? Are you putting in every ounce of effort that is truly needed in order to reach your fitness goals and your health goals, right? It goes way beyond just you know, I'm going to the gym, I'm packing my food, I'm doing all of this. You have to really sit and be real with yourself and evaluate, are you giving a 110% of your effort? Understand that your effort and your ability to succeed and your motivation to succeed might vary within the week and day by day, but you have to truly evaluate are you putting in the most amount of work possible? And if you do give up or you take time away, right, it truly just means that it's not a priority for you right now, right? So if it comes down to money, right, wanting to give up because you don't want to invest the money in it anymore because you're not seeing the physical progress, right? More often than not, it's because of things that you are not doing 
that you need to be doing in order to reach your goal, real talk. Um, And it has nothing to do with your coach or your programming. It's the fact that you're still not honing in on all of the other habits that you need to do in order to truly reach your fitness goal, right? So are you just going with the flow and not thinking about packing your food and leaving yourself to have to buy food a lot possibly, right? There's so many different things that go into either us progressing or not progressing and you have to be truly realistic with yourself. Another common question I get, I want to lose 10 pounds prior to a party I'm going to. That's awesome. It's awesome that you're going to a party, right? But when people will name off very large weight loss goals, to lose 10 pounds is actually a lot of weight, people. (laughs) Um, I encourage people to stop with the deadlines. Stop putting a deadline on yourself for you to possibly fail, right? Take it day by day, workout by workout, weigh-in by weigh-in, food choice by food choice in setting that realistic goal for yourself, right? So understand it's very easy for us to name off a big goal, but what's not easy for us to do is say those very little things that we have to do every single day that's going to take us one step closer to our workouts and to our progress, right? So I encourage clients to get that deadline out of their head because I've worked with people and I've met so many people that will reach that deadline. That's not the problem for some people, right? And then they're like, then what, right? I I just spent all this time trying to lose weight and I, I feel the same. And I've seen clients, you know, none clients of mine, I don't let this happen, but clients will then reach that goal and then they'll gain a bunch of weight because they have, they were so focused on the initial goal of losing weight that they weren't prepared for the aftermath, right? So that's why setting a deadline can be pretty negative. It's good to have a little bit of a fire under your butt, but understand that you need to set small realistic goals in order to get there and then have a plan for afterwards and understand that the plan for afterwards is going to be kind of challenging and you're going to have to really work closely possibly with a coach to understand what you need to do. The last mental and emotional question I get is, Julia, I'm feeling so fat today. So body shaming, right, is... The, one of the worst things that you can do for yourself because you're essentially just being very mean to yourself. So talk to yourself how you would talk to a friend, right? You probably wouldn't say to your friend or say to your husband, uh, you look really fat today, right? One, fat shaming is horrible. There's worse things in this world to be than quote unquote fat. And if you have this fear of being fat then more likely than not you're just very insecure with yourself Um, so I really encourage you to stop with the body shaming I'll always say this the second I stopped calling myself really negative body shaming things like I'm a whale I'm a stuffed sausage whatever I started to feel more confident within myself because I started being nicer to myself. And I would always say those things and kind of laugh about it like, I'm a fat sausage, right? But that was just me like hiding how I truly felt. And if you were calling yourself things like, I'm so fat, right? Being fat isn't a feeling. 
more likely than not, there's other underlying things going on within you that is causing you to say those things about yourself. So, for instance, looking in the mirror on the surface level and saying, I'm so fat. No, that's another way of saying that you're feeling insecure and you're not feeling very good about yourself or maybe you're tired or whatever, right? Not good enough, things like that. Those are the things that are actually going on in your life versus you feeling quote unquote fat. So always remember that. And I say that because I work with so many different women that have come to me with these body image issues and concerns and I've been there and eventually they learn that the more nicer they are to themselves and to their body, the better relationship they're going to have, not only with their body and within themselves, but also within other people. Because you're going to have more confidence to display throughout the rest of your day, to your friends, to your family, to your partner, right? There's so many other enhancements that can go on within your life. The more confident you are and the more you stop fixating on your body, So keep that in mind is that you're not feeling fat, you're feeling other things and there's other things going on. The last one is I encourage you to stop saying I've been good or I've been bad. So placing those moral attachments to your workouts, to if you're going to the gym or not, or to your food, right? The more you place moral attachments onto those things, right? The more you are actually the victim of your circumstances and understand that no food is inherently good or no food is inherently bad. And that food is made up of lots of different things. And some foods are going to give us more energy than others, more vitamins, more minerals, quote unquote, nutrient dense, and other quote unquote, fun foods are going to be things that are fun, right? It's the ice cream sandwich in between a donut. Is that going to fill you up with lots of protein and vitamin A and minerals and things like that? No. But are you going to remember that donut with the ice cream in the middle? Damn right you are because that's a fun ass treat, right? (laughs) So the more you reduce calling foods good or bad, the healthier of a relationship you are going to have with food. And that's very important to understand because you want to have a healthy relationship with food so that you can prevent disordered eating, you can prevent binge eating, emotional eating, and things like that. So I hope all of this made sense to you guys. I really tried super hard to condense everything, um, which was very, very hard because fitness and nutrition and health is such a broad topic and so many different things go into it. But like I said earlier, if you have any questions of your own, message me on Instagram and let me know what your questions are. I would love to answer them and help you out. Let me know what you thought of this podcast episode. Screenshot your review on iTunes, DM it to me, and we can set up your complimentary coaching call so that I can help you with whatever it is that you're going through right now in terms of reaching your fitness goals, reaching your health goals, having a healthier relationship with food and your body, Send me that screenshot and we can set that up. And if you are really feeling called to make a massive change within yourself for the rest of 2019, I am only going to be taking on three more additional new clients within my one-on-one strength through food freedom 
coaching program. It's a signature high-level coaching program that will strip you away from old habits, old limiting beliefs, old workouts, your old gym mentality, and it's going to help shift you into a higher version of yourself. But you have to be willing to make that change and be so tired of your current story in order to work with me. You have to be an action taker and you have to understand that things will not fall into your lap just because you hire me and just because you hire a coach. So you have to be able to put in the work in order to be a client within my program and be a client of mine. And that's what I'm here to help you with. So thank you for tuning into today's episode, guys. Once again, let me know what you thought about it and I will see you in the next episode.